if you're listening in BC, we're in phase three now. Crazy. Yeah. So we we mentioned that quite a lot in this podcast. Um, but yeah, I'm I'm really looking forward to that because yeah. I had this. Um, I'm going to be away next week, but I had this little vacation planned where I was going to go to see my mom and my sister and her fiance because mm. she was supposed to get married last week. Right. Um, but that didn't happen. So I was like feeling a little weird about it. I was like, oh, it's not like exactly essential. Mm. I'll have to be going on the ferry. I mm. feel weird. And then boom, that announcement came in and I was like, oh, okay, cool. We're, yeah. we're good here. Um, I'm excited to hear when you get back about the ferry experience now because they've been kind of all over the map. It's like everyone just stay, your, stay in your cars, lock yourself in your cars right. and wear a mask. And now it's like, oh, no, you can come up and have a soft serve if you want. Dude, I really want a nice soft serve ice cream. I want to <laughs> yeah. take like 10 lactates before going there mm-hmm. and just go ham on the soft serve. That's what's worth it to you, huh? Dude, I love I love fairy food. I got to say. You do. <laughs> you do too? Okay. Yeah, it's like it's such a treat. Yeah. I love it. I never often get like triple O's, so it's just so good um i know i used to get triple o's all the time when i lived in vancouver and now i never do almost unless i'm on the ferry because that's where i save the treat for and it's so good yeah i mean i could really use one of those today but we'll see i mean i don't really want to go up there i kind of want to scope the scene just to see what it's like because i've seen some photos of like the eerie like taped off seats up there and everything so um, I'm curious, but yeah. yeah, you're supposed to stay in your car unless you actually have to get out. You have a mask, right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Good. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, my dad's sweet man sent us some masks. Like the Vancouver Aquarium was having a fundraiser. Yeah. And doing masks, and so we sent us over a couple. How nice, right? That's really cute. Yeah, it's really good. Yeah, I still haven't like bought like some nice ones that I really like. My mm. sister bought a whole bunch, but they're all royal tacky. I don't like it. <laughs> it's like it's like a fashion statement yeah, now, right? Now. Like you yeah. don't want to look. So stupid in a mask. No. You're like, I want this to match my outfit and not look like I'm wearing a diaper on my face. Yes. But it looks like I'm wearing a diaper on my face. Yeah. Uh, oh. No, I feel you. Yeah. No, you get to look kind of cool, as cool as possible. Yeah. As much like Optimus Prime as you can. Yeah. A little reference so like for you a, Transformers fans. Yeah, very cool. Yeah. More like a velvet one. <laughs> yeah. Oh, That'd yeah. That'd be cool. Yeah. A like, nice velour, yeah. perhaps. Oh, velour. Oh, Absolutely. Oh, I love the feel Blue of velour velvet. on my face. Yeah. Feels like falling asleep in my grandfather's car from the 1980s. Delta 88. Oh, my gosh. Interior. Wow. Loved it. How specific. But I had some uh, aunts and uncles who, who had... Um, seats like that, but they were just soaked with cigarette smell. Oh, oh, yeah, that's like my childhood memory smell is like soaked cigarettes. Do you kind of like it? Yeah, yeah, me too. Yeah, like I used to wear my mom's jacket, her smoking jacket, because it was a dope jacket. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, that smell was just like, oh, mommy, yeah. <laughs> daddy, I feel you, I feel uncle, you. auntie, everyone in my family. <laughs> Yeah, I'm so surprised I'm not a smoker. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> I mean, so I guess I am. I, you know, oh. but yeah, because I smoke a pipe. But uh, yeah, you're not like addicted to nicotine, <laughs> aren't I? Okay. I mean, that's why I always have that conversation with myself. It's like, dude, I could quit this anytime, and then I'm like, no, I couldn't. I don't want to. I yeah. won't. I won't quit it. I, I won't stop doing this. Often when I'm drinking, I'm like, I want a prime time. That's just mm. prime time is like such like a teenager thing, but man, what a treat! <sighs> I was gonna say you and I were at a cabin last weekend yeah. together. We had so much fun, and yes, I that's why I kept meowing about. So I'm sitting in the hot tub. Oh my and gosh! Outside, it's like all these outdoor activities, and we're just pounding drinks. And I'm just like, all I want to do is smoke a thousand cigars right now. I'm so dumb for not bringing them. And you too, right? You want yeah. to smoke a, like a little what? What's your flavor? Prime time. I haven't had prime time since so long, Ugh. but I think like just like the cherry was like my go to. Oh, yeah. Growing up or vanilles. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I can't find them anywhere. I think you can find them like online, but I don't know if you can actually like have them come into Canada. Yeah. Because uh they were like attracting young ends to really? smoking, which is what happened to me. How <laughs> like, old were you when you started smoking prime times? Oh, when I was like started drinking. So like um <laughs> Do you want to admit that number? <laughs> I don't know, like sixteen. Yeah. You know? Wow. Mm-hmm. So I was afraid of drinking in, in my teenage years, and that's why I would feel like a nerd going to parties, but I did I was attracted to cigars, so I started smoking 
you know, cigars at parties. Yeah, it was, I don't know if it was a power move. I was just a weird kid, I think. Probably everyone was like, that stinks. Get out of here, dude. But yeah, it did. And then um, got into pipes a little later. You know, I had one of my good friends got into smoking a pipe. And my dad used to smoke a pipe. And I remember the stories of like, he quit smoking altogether when I was born. But I remember just like the smell of nice pipe smoke in the house my parents both loved. You know, it's like, yeah, of course. I can get down on that. Yeah, it's weird now, though. Like... Yeah, I'm not a smoker. Like no. I, I'm only when I'm drinking. I want a prime time, but I don't yeah. often do that. Like maybe once a year, I'll I'll smoke a cigarette. I remember when I first got hired at the Zone. I had been smoking cigars for years at this point, and I never. And I always thought about like, ooh, it's picture day at the Zone, and I, you know, how I always like to bring a dumb prop or something, yeah. right? like my swords or whatever. And I thought like, ooh, I should bring a cigar and look cool. And then I was like, you know what? I I, I was like, this. I'm new to this. I was 22 years old, 23 years old. I was like, I actually don't ever want to as part of my persona as being on the radio be a cigar smoker because i don't want to have any type of smoking and be that type of bad influence on anyone who yeah. might listen you never know we got tons of teenagers listening exactly. i don't want them to pick up a bad smoking habit because they heard some ding dong on the radio talking about how cool he is smoking a cigar and here we are and now i'm all i'm thinking about is smoking well, so hopefully, I'm sorry if that's how you're feeling right now, but like, man. I feel like now I can be a little bit more nuanced and say, hey, listen, I have a cigar like maybe once a month mm-hmm. and a pipe even less and smoking is the devil and don't do it and it's bad for you. Yeah, I'm a once a year smoker of cigarettes, that is. Wow. Cigarettes. Cigarettes. You pick up cigarettes. Well, like not cigarettes, like tobacco is what I mean. Okay. Sorry. All yeah. right. Okay. Cigar- what is it? Cigarellos? Cigarello. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I like those too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But um, no, yeah, once a year, that's about it. Yeah. I will smoke a hookah though. Yeah, everyone should smoke a hookah. No! <laughs> <I'm sorry. laughs> I love a hookah. It's like, so much worse for your lungs. Is it? <laughs> oh my God, it's terrible. Oh, okay, it's like taking like two packs of cigarettes and then like pushing <laughs> no, really? them up and then going ham on it. But oh, it's yeah, got it's fruit so in it, so it must be good. Oh, dude, if you are into hookahs, if you ever put milk in it, oh, frick. <gasps> Instead of water, you put cold milk. It makes the smoke so much creamier and like bigger and like, yeah, that was, we had so many hookah bars growing up in Port Moody. Um, There was like six or seven on one block. And so as a teenager, they didn't ID very often. So we would go there and we would just hookah for hours and hours. Yes. And they would bring us out delicious tea and treats and yeah. And we were like maybe 17 at the time or whatever going to these places. But that was the move was milk. It's a lot more challenging if you're doing it at home. Like the cleaning process is a little bit more intense, but it's worth it. Yeah. I bet. Mm Mm-hmm. Wow. Sometimes you could do juice too, but I like to Wow. Yeah. Oh, I have so much to learn. Because I know you have a hook at your house sometimes. I do. Yeah. yeah. It's leaking. I need a new one. Mm. Well, I want to uh, pay you a compliment because as I was gathering in uh, audio for this week's uh, podcast, I was so impressed with you. You really kept up the fight. A lot of your breaks as we were, again, separate, doing our two separate shows this week. Uh, you were, there was a lot of breaks that you were like focused on, you know, important social justice uh, topics that were again going on this week. I feel like I was doing a. You were doing a, real, a good job too. Nah, I was doing a silly sunshine bullshit show this week. Oh, <laughs> but, uh, but no, you were really keeping that up. So I hope you'll enjoy that to listen to in this week's pod. But I did this week though. I I, I did uh, take on some challenges in my life and online and that. And you know what I thought of this week? It's so funny. Is that. Uh, I am, and I want to be, and I endeavor to be a warrior for social justice. Yes! And how funny that that very simple phrase, SJW, you stupid social no. justice warrior. Yeah, I want to be a warrior in every sense of the term. I want to carry a sword yeah. and a shield and go out there and fight for what social justice. Yes. Why is that a not bad word? What the hell happened? I don't like, know. Like, how do you, like, it's, and same with, and then I was going to write a post about this too. I was going to be like, and while you're at it, I think I'd like to come out as being against or maybe you'd say anti-fascism. Yes. Is that okay for me to be anti-fascist or let's just say anti-fa for a short? Do you know what I mean? Like these (laughs) so simple, basic things that's like we're against fascism. We're we're for everyone to have justice in the world, for people to have social justice. Those have become like, I don't know if I want to say that I'm a social justice warrior. It's like, what? You know why? It's because the people who have uh, those negative feelings towards people who are fighting for good things is because they 
are threatened and yes, they are the course. ones who have to look at their own behavior mm-hmm. and do the work. And that's what's so funny is because you see this in like children's behavior all the time. It's like, you're in trouble for doing this. It's like, no, you are. You're the bad one. Right. I don't want to deal with this. I don't know how to deal with that yet. And there's yeah. just like that ongoing like attitude with like adult human beings that is still going on. I'm like, you just haven't developed. You haven't figured out, you know, the emotional intelligence in order to realize that this is good and that is bad. Isn't that wild that there are so many full grown, fully formed brained adults who don't get that? Yeah. That is blowing me away. I can't. Um, how do you pay your taxes and go to work every day? Well, it's just so much easier to be like, no, that's yeah. not something I have to deal with. I'm just going to move forward and deal with whatever I deal with and affects me personally, only me personally on a daily basis. <laughs> you know, they have a hard yeah. time looking outside of that. Mm-hmm. And it's easier to just say you're wrong. Don't do that because that's a lot of work that I don't want to do right now. Yeah. And it's always the people who are, you know, that sort of viewpoint is dying and they're going to be the loudest. Yeah. Yeah, and don't let it sure, stop you. Sure. You should be proud for. I know I'm <laughs> feeling that same way too. In this past week, I'm like, oh, I'm gonna say all this shit on the radio because good for you. Uh, that's the platform that I have, and I'm lucky to be here. Yeah. This is great, and this mm-hmm. is important information. If that can change someone's mind, good. And if they want to disagree with me, I'm like, I don't give a fuck. Anymore, Bring it on. Good yeah, for let's you. have a conversation about it. Oh yeah, it's stupid how long it took me to feel that way, mm. but. You know, it's intimidating because, yeah. like you said, there's you know there's a lot of uh, threatening because, uh, like you say, people who feel threatened in their worldview want to lash out at sometimes us. And you know what? I did you listen to uh, Canada Land this week? One of our favorite. Pods? I haven't yet. It's fantastic, and it's it is something that I've seen that I'm seeing other places too. Is that you know, and we wouldn't be immune to it, but cancel culture. Mm-hmm. If you don't like what someone with any kind of platform has to say cancel culture happens right and what the uh, argument they make and what is so good and so correct is that this this isn't cancel culture Mm-mm. this is consequence culture you can't go on any platform and say something racist or say something you know dumb uh or mean or whatever and not face the consequences well, I feel like the internet before all this was just a friggin' free-for-all and people <laughs> thought that they could get away with anything, yeah. whether it was racist. It was like all those weird feelings that you hide or those dark feelings that you hide that you're not like <laughs> wanting to deal with, like all those demons like, yes, yes. Um, that you don't want to deal with in a public, like face-to-face basis. People yeah. felt comfortable doing that online because there was no consequence. Right. And no one was standing up for it because it would just turn into an internet battle and it's like not worth your time. But we're finding that most of all of our interactions are online now. Yeah. And like those sort of calling people out is actually important. Yeah. Um, but doing it in a way that's actually productive instead of, you know, just screaming asshole at each other. Yeah. yeah. And and I listen, the, the argument against cancel culture is a reasonable one that, you know, <sighs> I don't like that either. I don't want people, honestly, like I don't want people to lose their jobs and their livelihoods, you know, and except in the case of, you know, actual criminals, you know, have done actual, oh. you know, you know who I'm talking about probably. But, yeah. you know, that, in that case, yeah, maybe you shouldn't work anymore on the radio. But um, no, but but when you deplatform people, you try to get people canceled because they haven't learned or they have an ignorance about something. It's like, that's no good. And that entrenches people further in their views and makes them kind of band together being, mm-hmm. you know, and, and, and angry fight. At that. Yeah, yeah. They're angry at that. And they want to fight even harder. And they, they think you're going to do this to me next. And that, I don't want for that, but I do want people to face consequences. Yeah. So maybe you need to take a time out. Maybe it's, you know, some kind of, I, I don't know what it is always, but for people to have to face consequences on, regardless of where they land on the political spectrum, for saying things that aren't right or that are hateful, harmful, harmful. Yeah. yeah that's a good thing. And that's mm-hmm. fine. And that's what it is to be an adult. Totally. Really is uh, to face the consequences of your actions. 
that's that's what we're all called to do, really. And that's yeah. that. And once you kind of learn that as well, it helps in your everyday life too. You can sit there and be sad about stuff, or you can be like, "Oh no, this is just the consequence of what my actions have led me to." And should I change my behavior or alter it or mm-hmm. or, or or shoot for something else? Because consequences can also be good. Yeah. Right. You do a bunch of push-ups. It's good for your health. That's a consequence of push-ups. Yeah. So that that's all. That's what I've been thinking about this week. That's interesting. Yeah, I feel like now the general public public has a platform um, that you know they didn't have before. Like for us, we went to school to talk on the radio sure, and yeah. stuff like that, and we have this platform. But people are also have that access to similar platforms without education and without that too, right? And I'm not saying that we're better than anyone because we have this education. I'm just saying like we've been trained to be like, oh, our words, they're powerful. And and as much as you don't think that your word or voice means anything, it really does and it does have effect on people. And, you know, we get complaints all the time. And we constantly have to be like rethinking the way – like I've rethought so many things about the way I view the world mm. just because of listeners calling me out. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And you just kind of learn from that yep. and you move forward. But yeah, um, it, it's yeah, it does kind of have that balance. There is a downside of it. It's like where people can take a video out of context or a picture right. out of context and create the story around it that seems real and you want to believe it mm. um, and totally ruin someone's life when it could just be fake it's like they could be innocent we don't know that you know what i mean we don't have the full context and it's not our job to you know be the law Mm -hmm. but we do have the power to really affect someone's life yeah scary it is yeah but it's also great (laughs) so yeah it's like a double-edged sword (laughs) if you get up to like 2500 uh followers on like any social media platform you should have to go to like a class like a week like not long you know like three hours on a weekend or an evening or something just go and yeah learn a basic media literacy Mm -hmm. of what's okay and not okay to say uh but you know (laughs) but who's gonna enforce it oh my god anywho yeah um so we talk about that sort of stuff yeah. uh, in the podcast a little bit and then uh, the rest is pretty fun it's a fun one. Oh, good yeah yeah glad to hear it so thanks for listening uh next week i'm on vacation so i won't we won't be having a podcast so okay. hopefully you can maybe dive into the old archives of the zone the pj party podcast yeah try not to cancel us for anything we said even yeah, <laughs> three months ago change a lot. <laughs> you never know <laughs> <laughs> okay yeah thanks Wait, for listening thanks. tell your friends Man, today has been an absolute roller coaster for fans of Batman. First this morning I was reading, and this looks pretty legit, that uh, Michael Keaton is talking right now. Like, he might play, not maybe not Batman, but Bruce Wayne again. If, this is gonna, if they're going to make a Flash movie, that Michael Keaton would come back and like play an older Bruce Wayne, which is cool, interesting. Yeah, Michael Keaton, I grew up, that was my... You know, real first Batman. I was obsessed with those first two Michael Keaton Batman movies when I was a kid. Absolutely. Him and Adam West, right? 100%. So it'll be interesting to see if that shakes out. But And then today we got word that Joel Schumacher, who was the director of the next two Batman movies, Batman Forever and Batman and Robin, has passed away at the age of 80. I know those movies are um, mixed reviews at best, but... Honestly, you know what? They're fun. They're still fun. They're fun as hell. I, you know, I get whatever. Talk about whatever. Talk about the nipples on the bat suit and all that stuff. They're fun as hell. I, again, when I was a kid, I was so excited. I was obsessed with, you know, Jim Carrey as the Riddler. The, they were like big budget versions of the classic Adam West Batman movies or TV show. And I was kind of into it. For a kid, it was way better for me than... You know, Tim Burton, and remember the penguin, Danny DeVito is a penguin who's biting a guy's nose off and everything? That stuff is scarring for kids, you know? I can't imagine what Michelle Pfeiffer and the Catwoman, that costume and everything, what that awakened in me. But then, um, and then, you know, we can all laugh at the Arnold Schwarzenegger and the ridiculous ice puns and all that, but it's pretty fun. Put that on when, like, a party's winding down and everyone's kind of passing out around the house and everyone's, like, a little bit lit. Get some great laughs. So uh, here's to Joel Schumacher. Uh, also directed Lost Boys. It wasn't just those two Batman movies. You'll be missed. Oh, man. I'm reading right now that uh, parents have stopped naming their kids Karen. I thought 
thought the like uh, the Karen thing with the I like to speak to the manager and everything. I thought that was you know relatively recent, maybe this year, but. In the past decade, the name has seen a dramatic 75% drop in popularity. That's kind of a shame. Number one, if you're already named Karen, I'm sorry that this has happened to you. Like, that yours, look, don't get me wrong, that big type of behavior that Karen means, you know, like being rude to people who are uh, working in the service industry and, uh, you know, just like uh, flaunting your privilege and all that kind of stuff, right? Like that—that's—that's that's bad. That behavior is no good. But for that—that that name to now have to carry this uh, negativity—that's a shame. What if you're already Karen and you're? What if you're the sweetest, nicest person in the world? So how long is this gonna last? Do you think? If you're having a baby today, could you name the baby Karen? And will this whole thing blow over by the time you know? Baby's like 10 years old. I kind of I hope so. It's, it's kind of a nice name. Does it have to go away forever? You know what I want to see more of? Old lady names that we would consider old lady names. I want to bring those back. Blanche. I'd like to meet a Blanche in my lifetime. I came into work today. My usual thing that I do is I go on Twitter just to see what is trending, just to see what everyone's talking about, what's happening online and in the world. And I was really concerned. I was very, very concerned because uh, one of the hashtags that were trending was white lives matter. And I was like, oh, no, why is this trending? Why? Why? And so I pressed it and I was so, so pleased to see that a bunch of K-pop fans had completely flooded that hashtag with K-pop videos as well as informative videos and information about Black Lives Matter. And I, oh, what a great way uh, to wake up. So anyone who's going to that hashtag with the purpose of supporting White Lives Matter is going to get some Black Lives Matter content and some excellent K-pop. I love this so much myself, too. But this weekend, if you saw it, they were a part of the whole uh, Trump's small rally thing that happened, right? Like, only 6,000 people came out to a rally for Trump. And that probably would have been interesting enough as it was, right? Like, look, he's in an arena that holds almost 20,000 people and, you know, only 6,000 people show up. And what does that mean? Is the campaign really in Struggle Street? Or is this more about people just wanting to stay home because they're taking COVID seriously in that state? Or like, what what's up? But what was, oh my God, what made it so delicious was the fact that K-pop fans and rowdy TikTok teens <laughs> went on and and asked for tickets, like registered for free tickets to the rally so that the campaign thought there was going to be a million people there. They were like, yeah, we're going to fill up this arena and then we're going to have to have a whole separate space outside as well because there's going to be a million people. And then 6,000 people showed up. So like it's one thing to take over racist hashtags on Twitter, but now these teenagers are trolling the president. And then he did that sad undone tie walk across the lawn at the White House. Like teenagers <laughs> generation Z did that and I've as a as a millennial never been so proud of the generation right behind us. How absolutely wonderful. <laughs> it's so good. I guess on Sunday there was a bit of a scene on Yates Street. A marmot was stuck in someone's engine and then uh, like scampered away and then animal control services had to try and track it down and it was yeah really quite the scene because we don't often see marmots in downtown victoria um and the two marmots that i know is the empress hotel's marmot his name's roger and it wasn't him the empress hotel did confirm that it was not him and then the other marmot that i know is marty the marmot and he's off work right now i'm pretty busy you know hanging out in his backyard so i know it wasn't him either don't know whose marmot it was or what marmot it was, but uh, hopefully it found a little a little safe spot to hide that wasn't in an engine. Apparently that's something that they really like to do is hide in engines. Oh my goodness. Oh my gosh, I'm surprised we're seeing another news story like this. Uh, we've seen this before. Uh, so when an old painting gets uh, 
you know, all ratty and needs to be restored. People usually hire professional artists who restore the paintings, and it usually works out well. We don't really hear about it. Um, But in the past few years, I guess people have been cheaping out on restoring old paintings, and the outcome is hilarious. I mean, I love it. I think it's so great, but um, not exactly what they want uh, when they want classic pieces of art to still look um, like they once did. Uh, So in Spain... There is a painter who did, uh, his name is Bartolome Murillo. Sorry if I got that wrong. Uh, but the owners paid about $1,400 to have uh, one of his pieces restored. It's like this beautiful painting of this young woman, uh, just like angelic, just so beautiful. And I guess the person who was hired was paid, yeah, $1,400, tried to restore it, didn't really work out. Like picture uh, like a, a painting that maybe like a 12-year-old would do. Even then, I think most 12-year-olds would do a better job. And then take like a piece of cement and then squish that face and turn it around a little bit. And that's what it turned out. And uh, they did it twice. <laughs> Not once, but twice. And uh, you know what? I will post this to our Facebook page so you can have a look. But this is a thing that happens quite a lot. This happened five years ago with this classic uh, painting of Jesus. It ended up looking like a real scary animal with a mane situation. And I guess people are just, yeah, cheaping out on these restoration pieces. The person that they hired for this angelic woman was a furniture restoration uh, professional. So had never worked on pieces of art, but worked on furniture. And I think that's like the equivalent of hiring like a vet to do a human brain surgery. You know, it's like they're really good as a vet, but maybe not the best in like the Jubilee Hospital working on someone's brain. You know, maybe you should hire an actual artist who specializes in this sort of thing. This couple... Ian and Margo, who are having trouble conceiving a baby, like really sad troubles uh, for a long time, like six years. And a family member stood up and was like, I'll be a surrogate for you. And so they did the whole in vitro fertilization thing. And then right around the same exact time, Ian and Margo fell pregnant naturally. Both babies born within four days of each other. Like... Super rare situation, but also it feels like, of course that happened. Of course. Of course everything lined up that this amazing thing happens. Um, it's really a, a, a wonderful story. I, lo- I mean, just imagine looking to your brother or sister and knowing that that's the story of how you both came into the world within four days of each other. It's going to be so wonderful for this family. It's the good news story that I think we were all so desperate for right now. Like, again, I saw this this morning and I was screaming in the house. Listen, listen to this wonderful story. Gather around, everyone. Listen, how wonderful. And if you see their picture, again, I saw it on Instagram today on the Times calling us Instagram. And again, it's the front page of the paper today. Like this family, the happiness radiating out of the front of the newspaper today is so wonderful, so heartwarming. Um, it'll it'll melt your heart right out the bottom of you, I swear to God. So go and check that out. <laughs> if you haven't seen it yet, it is so nice. Uh, congratulations to that couple. I think they're heading back home. They're, they, the, 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 the babies were born here uh, at Vic Gen, and uh, the couple's heading uh, home with their new family, their ready-made family, heading to Jasper, Alberta, in the next few weeks. So I uh, wish them all the absolute very best, and uh, how wonderful. Can I say thank you so much for... lifting all of our spirits a little bit today because that is the nicest. (sighs) Some interesting news today is that the District of Saanich is considering allowing drinking alcohol in a few of its parks. So it's going to be discussed this evening, but that would mean that 14 of its parks would allow people to uh, go outside and have social interactions and have a beer with a few friends, uh, of course, while accommodating physical distancing. That's the thing is that they just want to make sure that people aren't gathering in groups within small places like homes and things like that. So they're hoping to 
to open it up uh, to parks so that we can, you know, be safer is really the um, the idea behind this. Now, this is a motion that would only go until September, so it would be temporary. I'm sure if it worked out well, it would be something that they would consider uh, full-time, but uh, they've already done this in North Vancouver and Penticton, and a few places like Vancouver have actually declined the motion, so we'll see how it goes. Uh, the meeting is tonight at 7 p.m., so I'm sure by tomorrow we'll have some news on whether or not Saanich will allow people to drink in parks, but it would mean that uh, parks like Lockside Park, uh, Gorge Waterway, Cedar Hill Park, Cabro Bay Park, and a few others would be, uh, yeah, open for drinking alcohol outside. Saanich Council voted down a motion for a pilot project that would temporarily allow public drinking in parks this summer. The motion was struck down 5-4 at a council meeting last night, according to a tweet from Saanich Councillor Colin Plant. The pilot would have allowed drinking in 14 of the district's 170 parks between the hours of 12 p.m. and 8 p.m. But, man, I got to say, people are still doing it. No matter what, it's still going to happen. So I don't, I don't know why we're not making it legal. That's just my opinion. Now, okay, what do you make of this, and what do you think it means for Victoria? Because I think different municipality, and I know there were some concerns about specific parks in Saanich and them being a little bit different, you know, people drinking all day or whatever, carrying on. or I don't know. And, well, I, and are, I was like, I don't know how you really make the case that it's that much different in Victoria. Like, But again, I've been on board for letting us live like civilized people and being able to have a glass of wine or a beer in a park. It's not a big deal. Yeah, it was interesting that it didn't even get through the first reading, apparently. Yeah. That's what Colin Plant, the counselor, said, that it was struck down five to four, um, it was going to be in 14 of 170 parks. That's a lot of parks in Saanich, right? Yeah. Uh, we don't have that many parks here in Victoria. Um, I don't know if Saanich... I don't think that Victoria follows everything that Saanich does, though. No. Right? So, yeah. uh, and North Vancouver was one of the first ones uh, that allowed for it to happen. Mm. Um, I saw a joke out there that... Uh, I'll go back to just covertly doing it, <laughs> right? I'm not condoning that. Either way. <laughs> I'm not like addicted to true crime or anything like that. Oh, I crushed cereal when it first came out. That's for sure. But, you know, some people are just obsessed with it. Um, but one true crime thing that I'll be stoked to get back into is Unsolved Mysteries. Netflix is bringing back Unsolved Mysteries. Um, I, did you, I don't know if you watched this show when, when you were a kid. When I was young, like a kid... Um, <clears throat> must have been like nine or ten years old, not even. There was a story on Unsolved Mysteries about like a, like a like a traveling. Oh God, I don't even know what he did. If he was just like breaking into people's houses, or it might have been a murderer or something. Like it was scary. And the guy went through the small town that I was living in in Northern Ontario, and. I was terrified. I don't know why I was allowed to watch such a thing. But, uh, oh, yeah, it was, and, like, everyone was talking about it the next day in school and on the radio and all that, right? It was, like, big news. Oh, our town got featured on Unsolved Mysteries. I couldn't sleep that night. Scary, terrifying. Uh, part of the big success and the, the scariness of that show was two things, I think, too. Was uh, Robert Stack, the guy who, like, hosted it, his voice was, like, Oh, boy. Nightmare fuel. Update. Right? That's what he would say. And uh, and the music was uh, super, super scary. So, anyhow, Netflix bringing Unsolved Mysteries back. Robert Stack, unfortunately, is no longer with us, so won't be hosting the thing. Um, and I heard today, Kirsten James, actually, from the uh, Weekend Zone told me this, that uh, the they have redone the music, but it's the same people who did the music for Stranger Things have done it. So as long as they keep a, like a similar theme where it kind of sounds and feels like the original Unsolved Mysteries music, you know, the Stranger Things theme song knocked it out of the park. So I, I have high hopes. And then we'll see what the actual show is like. I'm sure it'll be like, you know, a pretty decent Netflix quality true crime show. But I'm excited about that. Uh, the first uh, big trailer for it got released today, and it'll premiere on Netflix on July 1st. 
This may be my favorite audience alternative that I've seen so far. I've uh, heard of people putting cardboard cutouts in audience chairs for certain events or mannequins, which is just creepy. But I kind of like it. I think that's pretty funny. Um, But this one is uh, the most interesting and I think my favorite so far. Uh, The Barcelona Opera House played its first concert since mid-March and they decided to fill the auditorium, which was just absolutely stunning, uh, with plants. So they played a concert to over 2,000 plants. Um, And the scene was really beautiful. It looks like there's a plant in every seat of the opera house. How lovely. And it's, you know what, as far as an audience goes, they're very beautiful plants. Uh, Looks pretty good. Looks like a full house. So a couple of things is, uh, number one, um, that's an option, Donald Trump for future rallies. And it was sort of this art piece that they they described as nature advanced to occupy the spaces we snatched from it. And the photos that came out of it are just beautiful. Of course, this concert was live streamed uh, for the public to see, uh, but actually in person, it was just a whole bunch of plants. Here's the weird thing, though. I watched the video. Like the, the picture is very cool, but then there's also a video because this performance was actually for live stream. They didn't actually just play to the plants and, you know, it's like shut everybody else out. This was to watch online. And then uh, so at the end of the video, you know, the, the musicians stop performing. And then it's just quiet, obviously, right? And then you hear this like little rustle in the plants. And then they like pipe into the video canned applause as the camera just pans around this opera house over the plants and then you can even see that the plants start rustling so like what someone is off camera but just with their hand on the plant just kind of like shaking it and so what are we supposed to be tricked that the plants are clapping it's like this is where you lose me and i specifically scrolled to the end of the video to see how they would handle that because i think it would be you know, it'd be impactful just to hear a quiet opera house full of plants. And I just love the thought of the audience, like when it's supposed to be a round of applause, it's just like some light wind and rustling of leaves. Yeah. <laughs> but for fake applause, oof. Sucked. So please, I know they're thinking about doing this for like the NHL when this opens back up. Do not pipe in the phony baloney applause, especially not when you got plants in the house. Creepy. Worse. Not good, please. Did you see that video that Jason Kenny tweeted yesterday? The premier of Alberta is like... uh, NHL, come play in Edmonton. Edmonton's the best. Come and play here. And had all this like stock footage and drone camera footage of what was very clearly not Edmonton. (laughs) (laughs) It was like, come play in the Rockies and had all these like beautiful shots of like Banff and the Rocky Mountains and these rivers and waterfalls and everything. It's like, that's not what Edmonton looks like at all. (laughs) I've never been to Edmonton, but. Maybe that's Calgary. <laughs> Complain the rock. He was getting chirped online by like people who live in Edmonton being like, no, dude. That's not it. That's not it. Columbus, Ohio, the people of Columbus, Ohio, are looking to change the name of Columbus. Um, Of course, Columbus, Ohio is named after Christopher Columbus, who was known for slave trading and genocide and uh, pretty much helped build those racist roots uh, that America was built on. So they want to change the name, and I'm all for changing names and removing statues. A lot of people say, oh, that's erasing history. That's not erasing history. History will always be there what's erasing history is the fact that we're not teaching history the proper history in our schools in our education system but that's a whole nother story what uh, I love the name that they've decided to go with and they're they've actually created a p- petition to change the name of Columbus Ohio to Flavortown for Guy Fieri oh could you imagine if it was changed to Flavortown how great would that be uh, they decided to go with Guy Fieri because he was born in Columbus and they also just have a really good food industry there some great food and I think that is such a great idea you know from here on out 
Flavortown has just been a metaphysical place. We've been wanting so much for it to be an actual physical location that you can go and visit. And I think it would be really good for Ohio's tourism. Change the name to Flavortown. Sign that petition. In Calgary, they've obviously felt the sort of devastation of the music industry as well as tourism, too, because the Calgary Stampede was canceled and that brings in so many tourists and money for Calgary. So they decided to start this thing called Hotels Live, and they're hoping that it's going to go across the country. And the idea is, is that they would work together with hotel industry and uh, the music industry and have hotels serve as concert venues, the rooms in the hotels with balconies overlooking like a patio or a pool, those would become private box seats, right? So you'd get around four people per room. They'd overlook the balcony where a performer uh, would be doing a show on the pool deck or on the patio down below. That is such a cool idea. So the idea is you would buy a room for the day and that would be your ticket. Money goes to both the tourism industry and the music industry. Ah, I love that creativity. Ah, sad times, and 2020 comes to kill another icon, the Segway Scooter. They announced that uh, as of July 15th, they are no no longer producing the uh, classic Segway PT that was released in 2002, uh, touted as the device of the future, the thing, you know, you stood up on and then also held on the handles and then you rode around and no more walking. Walking was going to be over, dude. It was all about the Segway. Um, and just instead, everyone just made fun of it. And so now for that company, the Segway, uh, once their signature vehicle accounted last year for less than one and a half percent of the company's entire revenue. So they'll be, I don't know, that's such a shame. I never even rode one of those things, you know that? And the, remember like back in 2000, like the, the 2000s, they were ubiquitous as being made fun of mostly, right? It was like on Arrested Development and uh, in Paul Blart Mall Cop 2, the Squeakwall or whatever that was called. But that's where it will stay as a joke mostly of the uh, early 2000s. Instead, what Segway is going to work on? Is there a seated scooter? Like, uh, remember the movie Wally, where everyone on the spaceship gets like real, real fat and all the bone density falls away and they're living in space, right? And they're just people don't have bones or muscles, they're just blobs of people and they roll around in those floating hover chairs. It's like that, but with wheels. So, get into it. Cool. That's the future. Very cool. I know that Google Maps has had pretty decent bike directions for a while now. And uh, honestly, the more of that, the better. The more I ride my bike around, the more I appreciate having like good, decent directions specifically for riding my bike, right? Whether that's like less busy roads or uh, <laughs> fewer hills, certainly. And so Apple Maps is trying to get on board with that as well. That was part of their big announcement earlier this week is that the Apple Maps would have better bike support or just bike support at all. And the thing that was exciting about this is their promise was that they were going to use topographical information first in only a few cities. Like it was like New York, L.A., San Francisco, Beijing, that's it. But then they were going to extend it out, expand it out to other cities too and and use that information of elevation to be able to map out good bike routes. Apparently, that's not going so well (laughs) for Apple Maps. Uh, One person who lives in uh, San Francisco where, you know, San Francisco is a very hilly town. That's the famous thing about it. And they were trying to use some of the like, I guess, the initial rollout, the beta testing of the Apple Maps bike directions. And they were like uh, sending them straight up a hill and all that, like uh, like a crazy like super incline, super long bike hill. Guy said it was like, I would have been better off just not having directions. I could have figured it out for myself better rather than taking the Apple map directions. So hopefully they figure that out, sort that out. And again, would love to see that in, in towns even like Victoria. Meantime, 
you know, Mike and Victoria, not so bad with the hills, although the whole town adorably slopes down to the south. So you can always count on that. But uh, as far as biking across town, I just want to say and give a big props up to Haltane Street. God bless Haltane. So level. So wonderful. Gary texted in and said, if we're going to be shouting out bike routes, I feel obliged to send love to the E&N trail on, in the malt. I didn't know we were calling Esquimalt the malt. But yeah, sweet, the E&N trail. It's a, a sweet. I've never biked it, man. Never had the pledge. But uh, if it's nice and level, oof. It's a bike trail after my own heart for sure. Recently, I've been seeing a lot of stories about uh, Sasquatches in Souk, specifically East Souk. Uh, apparently, there's uh, a lot of believers of Bigfoot in the area, and uh, they kind of have come together and have created these amazing structures because uh, apparently there's been a few sightings of the creature in East Souk Forest, and so people have uh, decided to take that as inspiration to make their own wooden structures of uh Bigfoot, and uh, they some of them are like 15 feet tall, and they hide them in well, some people's property, but sometimes in uh, forests around Isuk. I don't know if that's like to uh, honor the beloved and mystical Sasquatch, if that is to try and lure the Sasquatch. Yeah, what if they're like, we can't quite see it or know it, but what if those are like sexy lady Sasquatch, uh, you know, uh, uh, carvings, and then they're supposed to. Um, uh, attract like a male Sasquatch. Do you know what I mean? What if that's the whole point of it? So if you are planning on maybe going for a hike this weekend, it's supposed to be pretty nice. Uh, keep an eye out for a Sasquatch. It may be real or it may be a big wooden structure. But anyways, I just love it so much. I love the idea of Sasquatch. I wish I want Sasquatch to exist and I would love for Sasquatch to be on Vancouver Island. A thousand percent. This island can't be magical enough already, but also now we have Sasquatch, you know? And um, brings me back as well to probably the best episode of In Search Of when Leonard Nimoy was talking about the Sasquatch. A giant hairy creature, part ape, part man, Sasquatch. He is as gentle as he is powerful and mysterious. He's been seen many times in the rugged mountains and deep woods of the Pacific Northwest. We count as that. The encounters have not always been peaceful. Yes. Everything about that just... I feel a kinship to the Sasquatch in some ways. We are moving into phase three now in BC. So that's got a lot of people thinking about camping and going on vacations within BC as non-essential travel is allowed now, which is exciting. Of course, with all the safety precautions in place, you want to make sure that you're doing everything safely. Um, but yeah, it's got me thinking about camping and also uh, a zoner texted in uh, Lyle who says, what is uh, one piece of survival gear? that uh, you you would have if you could just pick one. Um, and that was an interesting question because I always think about that, you know, when I'm going camping, like how am I going to survive in the woods? I can barely survive outside of the woods. <laughs> so what should I bring? And uh, my usual go-to camping equipment is not really equipment at all. I, uh, I usually just like bring a, a case of beer and uh, a lumberjack sandwich and a big thing of water and a knife. You know, like that's like my main go-to things that I, I can survive off of if I'm going camping. But Lyle texted in this really cool uh, survival bracelet. It's a five-in-one bracelet that has um, a compass on it. It's got a firestone on it, uh, an umbrella rope, a rope cutter, and a whistle attached to it. I'm not sure. I think you could buy it on Amazon, but I'm sure you could buy it locally as well. But a five-in-one survival kit. Uh, that's pretty cool. Oh, everyone's asking you what a lumberjack sandwich is. Are you kidding? You don't know what that is? Okay, so picture like a big baguette, like a real fat baguette. Um, so it's like this massive sandwich. And then with all the deli meat you could ever want, all the vegetables you could ever want, it's like the perfect sandwich and it lasts you a real long time. <laughs> 
Uh, I just realized the confusion around lumberjack sandwich. I guess a lot of people haven't heard about that before. It's just a really big sandwich that you get at like Savon or wherever. Um, but I just had this visual of like two lumberjacks that I would just bring with me camping. <laughs> like that's that's what I bring camping. They do all the work, and I just sit back and drink hayalls. There you go. That's the next thing I'm bringing camping. Two lumberjacks for a lumberjack sandwich. Uh, a lot of people are saying, you know, certain types of knives and hatchets. Thank you, Lee, for texting in. Jeff says a fire starter. Um, Gary says a falcon, which is just a power move. I love it. Uh, Philomena says we've started packing a pony keg that we keep up at the lake great staple item uh megan texted in this uh like straw filter i've seen these before she just like this damn straw so you like sip out of lake water or like river water and it filters it i guess that's pretty cool uh mark says toilet paper and then ian comes in with you got to bring a jar of pickles because you need that hangover pickle after a long night of libations uh, yeah, Sierra texted in saying that uh, baby wipes for everything is uh, a must. Of course, don't litter them. Bring them back with you. But yeah, I always just do like the full wipe down shower with the baby wipes. It's important. Um, and then there was uh, Liz who texted in saying that a headlamp is so convenient because you don't have to hold a flashlight in the dark. You got two ants free, um, which... Yes, I always bring my headlamp. It's always actually in my car just in case. But there's also another trick with a headlamp that I like to do because I always bring like a four liter jug of water with me camping. And if you put the headlamp around the four liter jug and face the light inward, the whole jug just glows and it becomes a lantern, which is also very handy if you want to play solitaire or cards in the in the woods. I love it. And everyone's always like, whoa, that's so cool. So you get some uh, cool points as well when you're camping. Art Aronson came in here and was telling me about how the big news for Amazon is that they have secured naming rights for Seattle's downtown arena that will house a new NHL team as well as the WNBA's Storm. Um, so you would think, okay, it's going to be called like the Amazon Arena. That's what we were expecting, right? Amazon wants their name on everything. They want to make the profit off of everything like they have during the pandemic. <sighs> Making over like billions of dollars over uh, people in the pandemic anyway different story uh but the arena will actually be called climate pledge arena and the reason they went with that is because it will feature a whole bunch of green initiatives this is pretty interesting actually um so it's going to be the first arena in the world to uh produce zero carbon uh the ice on the for the hockey games will be made out of recaptured rainwater. There's going to be zero waste during the events. At least 75% of the arena's food will be sourced locally from farmers and producers. And then they're also going to have all electric operations within the arena too. Wow. That's actually, that's pretty impressive. And I kind of hope that Amazon uh, kind of takes that to the rest of the company as well, not just at the arena, because, oh man, uh, my partner recently uh, ordered something on Amazon. It was like a tiny, tiny little cat toy, because he just got a new kitten, and the box and the plastic that it came in was ridiculous. It was like he, I don't know what the size would have been. It was probably like two feet by two feet for a tiny little cat toy. <laughs> Work on that as well, the packaging for Amazon. The Sydney Aquarium is naming their new octopus after Dr. Bonnie Henry. <gasps> Even though it's a he, the team at the Shaw Center for the Salish Sea describes him as small and cute. Apparently, Pacific octopus have three hearts. What? So that's another that's reason. That's so cool. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, so that's another reason why they wanted to name. Wow. Cool. Yeah. If you told me that Bonnie Henry had three hearts, I'd believe you. You would. Yes. Yeah. Oh, God, I love Dr. Bonnie so much. Name everything after her. Why new, not? New stars, put the statues up. I was thinking about this this morning. How we will remember her. I can't wait to tell my grandkids about how Dr. Bonnie. And because she has like two first names, you can name, you know, a Henry or a Bonnie, right? <laughs> Makes perfect sense. There's two octopuses. Yeah. <laughs> Love it. 
some wild news coming out of Disneyland today regarding my second favorite ride there. Second ride after Pirates of the Caribbean. They've decided they're going to completely reimagine the inside of Splash Mountain. What Disney came out and said was, in you know, maybe this is long overdue, but maybe it's a proactive stance before really getting called out. But they were like, you know, the inside of Splash Mountain is completely based on this old movie, Song of the South, which Disney has hidden away for years. It's not on Disney Plus. You can't get it anywhere because it's got some pretty problematic, some pretty racist old stereotypes in it. And the one place where the representation of that movie still exists is in Splash Mountain. Now, when I'm on Splash Mountain, I hardly even know that. I've never seen Song of the South. I don't know about that. It just to me, it's like rabbit characters singing and all that, right? It, it, animals and whatever. But they were like, look, it, it comes from this. So we're going to do the right thing here and we're going to take that all down. We're going to change it. We're going to reimagine it. And... What they said they're going to do now is change it to uh, to be um, themed on uh, The Princess and the Frog, which was their first uh, movie with a black princess in it. So again, Splash Mountain is my favorite ride. I love it. Never personally, obviously, was affected by that, by the problems with it. But I'm so 100% on board with this. You know, I didn't, again, I didn't know what the rabid characters were from in the first place. So you want to change it to a different cartoon, one that won't hurt people's feelings, then 100% just do that. And I've actually never even seen Princess and the Frog. So I think that's my, that's on my watch list for tonight. That is on Disney Plus as far as I know. So maybe tonight after the sun goes down, I'll get a little Princess and Frog action going. Splash Mountain is awesome. I mean, it's, I think I just like log rides and flume rides and it's the best one. And it's so fun to go in through the, you know, it's like with all the characters and everything like that. So if they're different characters and it's still super fun and it's still an awesome mountain inside, then what do I care? (laughs) On the zone phone right now is a zoner named Mary who is like, Disneyland fan number one. And so I'm glad you called in, Mary. What do you make of all this? Hey, Paul. Well, you know, I was just there in March, and uh, my daughter was like, let's do Splash. And I'm like, okay. And she has never seen the movie. Mm. I think I've seen Song of the South maybe twice. Really? Well, I'm a child of the 70s. Yeah, yeah. The boards that I read... It's pretty split. Mm. The majority of the people actually are kind of like, well, it's about friggin' time. And then other people are like, why do they always have to ruin everything at Disneyland? Right. And they're like, why can't you just leave well enough alone? It's like, well, you know what? Because it's fast. And they've had this in the planning for a year. This isn't new. Really? No. Oh, they're just announcing it now. Yeah, yeah. They're just announcing it now. Oh. And then Tiana, honestly, she is so underrated. The music, the soundtrack is so... So amazing. Oh, I bet. So good. Like if it's like New Orleans style jazz and all that. Yes. Oh, I'm, mm-hmm. I'm so pumped. Yeah. Yeah. And so I think this was meant to be, and I think it's a really good idea. Yeah. Okay. I'm glad you're on board because the other thing I was going to say is like, even if you take the, you know, political or the racial stuff away from it, and I know this is just down those lines where it gets politicized, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's just like when I went there, I had no idea about those characters, like rat, the rabbits and everything. I was like, I mm-hmm. don't Briar, Briar Fox and I, all that. Yeah. I have no idea what this is. So, you know, Disney does that from time to time. They just like update things like I am stoked that they turned that Hollywood Tower of Terror, which is like, who cares? That's nothing. They were just replacing it with popular characters. They put Guardians of the Galaxy in there. Well, similarly enough for a movie, as you say, that like. No one has seen, yeah, and no one gets the reference. Why not put in a very popular princess of a more recent yeah. movie? That's just the way Disney does things, anyways. So even on yeah. that level, it's like great, do it. And then also, you know, if it's a, a way to be more inclusive, well, then now super duper. It's like uh, Wild Toads, Mister Ride, or whatever it is, right? Yeah, Mister Toad's Wild Ride. Yeah, right. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, I don't know who Mr. Toad is. I enjoy the ride anyways. But then if, 
you know, it came out that Mr. Toad is a racist, then I'm like, okay, let's replace that. Let's get something else in there, and I'm totally fine. Yeah. He's not racist. He's just really stupid. (laughs) If you don't follow Olivia Munn on Instagram, uh, make sure to do it before next Tuesday because that's when... BC's own Dr. Bonnie Henry is going to be taking over Olivia Munn's uh, social media accounts. Have you heard about this? Um, Olivia Munn, popular actress, is uh, trying to do this thing where she like it's called pack, pass the mic initiative or whatever. So uh, trying to use her voice, her audience that built into her social media. She's got like almost three million followers on social media trying to give that platform to actual experts in this moment. She says there are some people you need to hear from right now and it isn't me. I'm handing over my account to an expert on all things COVID-19. And then uh, Dr. Bonnie says, uh, this COVID-19 virus has shown us that if it is anywhere, everywhere is at risk. We are a global community and we're all in the same storm, but we're not all in the same boat. So, I mean, that's great. I don't know about you, but anytime I see anything up from the States, I just am like, oh, my God, they need Dr. Bonnie. They need Dr. Bonnie or they need their version of Dr. Bonnie who can give good information and recommendations based on medicine and science and the, un, and the best possible understanding of the virus. Like, why aren't they doing more of that? And so <laughs> how wonderful that our Dr. Bonnie is going to get this uh, increased platform into the United States. It's kind of a shame. I mean, boy, sure would be great if their elected officials and leaders would just do that anyways, but... As long as you got popular actresses and Instagram influencers who are willing to expose the message of an accomplished doctor like Dr. Bonnie, that's just almost just as good, right? I mean, it's pretty close. Hey, how about elected officials? Maybe you could do the same thing. Maybe you could have done that from the start. <laughs> Maybe you could have mixed in some doctors and scientists rather than trying to make it go away with your imagination. Uh, I mean, come on. I think we got to rely on our influencers now to do the right thing and let the doctors talk. 100%. I think the best thing that we've done here in BC, and I applaud all the politicians here in our province for doing this. Bonnie Henry is the first person who speaks. Right? Yeah. Like, you can't say that for any other um, region in the world, really. It's always the politicians there. Thanks for joining the PJ Party. For more from Paul and Jenny, get them live 2 to 6 weekday afternoons on The Zone at 91.3. Or around the world via the Internet's tubes at thezone.fm. Do them a solid and leave a review wherever you get this podcast. And tell your friends about it. Paul and Jenny are both on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. So get in touch. Thanks for joining the PJ Party.